Because the day of release, it's May 4th. May the 4th be with you. There you go. What a great Always. time. We're fantastic at these things. So, we're going to crack into some beers first. What are you starting off with this week, Adol? Uh I'm going to start off with uh, another one from Petit Sol, um, which is the New Brunswick Edmonston Brewery that had the Sister Catherine. Yep. Uh, and it's Bob Le Boeuf. Bob uh, Le Boeuf. Bob LaBeouf is a nice. uh, uh, behatted, plaid-wearing old elder gentleman, and uh, yeah. I will read you his description. Bob LaBeouf is a legendary prospector from Edmonston, determined he never gave up on his quest for precious metals in our forests. A true giant of a man, he inspired us to brew this ale, brewing with his relentless spirit and passion. Does he know that mines generally happen more in mountains than forests? Mm, maybe not. Maybe that's why he's got a beer after him. Mm. Nice. Well, I'm kicking off with uh, uh, more beer company, a Bristol-based brewery, uh, Return of the Empire. Aha! Just Star Wars-inspired beer. I don't know whether this is going to give me the taste of Star Wars. I can hope so. What is the taste of Star Wars? I'm not sure. Maybe I'm about to experience it. I know what the texture is. Chewy. Yeah. Nice. Uh. <laughs> How's the beer looking, dude? Oh, dear. Uh, so, oh, I forgot to actually mention what kind of beer it is. It is a, um, it's a Blondale. And, okay. Uh, it's, Ooh, very uh, light. It's quite blonde. Yeah. Uh, it's very light. Um, I would classify it as apple juice, actually, almost on the, on the dot, um, as the head is virtually zero, yeah, just a few bubbles on top. Um, but yeah, uh, why don't you tell me about yours while I smell mine? Uh, so, Return that of the Empire so is an, it's an English IPA um, showcasing modern English hops. If I try and have a look at what those hops are, I might be able to find them. I probably won't. No, I don't think it tells me on their cans. They've got very tiny cans. So, no, it doesn't tell me which hops they are. But it's showcasing modern English ones. Um, it's very light in colour. Hmm. Similar-ish to yours. I don't think the camera to you quite gets how light uh, but it is. But yours is clearly... Um, yeah, yours is slightly orangier, it looks. Uh, a little, orange. yeah. Um, and and it's, it's clearly unfiltered. It is unfiltered, it's cloudy. yeah. That's, that's what I was going to say, yes. So... What are you getting Sorry. on the nose of your beer? Um, <laughs> I know it's probably because I said apple juice, but slight sweet apple. Mm. I think it's more of the sweetness uh, and and the apples just in my head. Um, yeah. It's got that... What is that? That sort of... Tartness you get sometimes in ales? That sort of, in the nose? Like that, yeah. that sharp... Mm-hmm. Um, while while even despite it being sweet, but that I don't that's quintessential ale. I, don't know, I 
I tart is not quite the right word, but I, do you know what I'm talking about? That yeah, 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 I, I know what you're trying smell. to get to. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, mine's um, it almost smells slightly citrus, but it's kind of a bit more orangey almost. I'm getting. It's not a huge mm. hit of hops in the nose, but you definitely get that more than anything else on the the nose, sort of a citrusy sort of hoppy smell to it. But it's not like the sort of the bigger oh. American IPAs or American hours where you sort of blasted with hops. It's very sort of I'm trying to think of the the word for it. it's quite soft in its um in its mm. mouth. Mm. Taste wise that's nice. Again, not huge. Yeah, mine's quite hops, quite lovely. A little slightly sweet, slightly sour, a little citrus. I think I might be right with oranges. At least, maybe now I've said it, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm definitely. I was. Well, I, I reevaluated, and there's no apple. There was just the word <laughs> apple in my head. And the fact that I'm looking at a MacBook Air. Um, I, I would say this is quite a lovely Blondale. Um, really light. Um, despite not being very um, carbonated, it still has that, that refreshingness that a, a sort of a Blondale is, uh, is known for. Yep. Um. I like it, that sweetness that you find on the nose. I like that it comes after the main taste is faded. Mm. And sort of that it's sort of um, as the main taste is fading, the sweetness comes up. And the finish is, I would say, 20 to 30 seconds of like where you could definitely notice it. And then obviously, whatever is in your mouth is in your mouth. Yep. Again, not actually wanting to sound as dirty as that comes out as. <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, gonna, so it's, I, it's really refreshing. Like the big problem, yeah, the big problem is it's it's a cloudy, shitty day out, and this feels like it should be sunny, and I should be on a patio with my legs up on a chair. Nice. It's a nice sunny day here, and this this is sort of seems like the perfect beer for it. Really, it's definitely a, a sit out, as you say, sit out in the garden, bang a couple of these back. So, let's start by talking about the. I suppose it must be the most recent Star Wars release. I can't think of any other games that have released more recently um, with the with the Star Wars uh, franchise, and that is the new version of Label. Star Wars Battlefront. It's a big game, or is it? So we've both played Star Wars Battlefront. What have you been playing on, Adam? Uh, a personal computer nice. of the I'm... Windows variety. Yeah, I'm currently rocking the PlayStation 4 version. Now, I have not got the season pass. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, I did not no. buy the, the the DLC maps of the Outer Rim. No, neither um, have I. Because, well, I, I don't remember what episode. Um, maybe if I'm feeling really edit-friendly, I'll insert episode number here. But probably that awful-sounding voice will stay. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, more than likely. Listeners. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, we weren't huge fans of it. No. Um, it and for me, a large part of it was it was it gorgeous. Um, yeah, it is although, fantastic looking. Yeah. Uh, when, when I when we talked about it, it was mostly the beta, so we didn't see many of the other maps. I think. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, Endor it, it is. One of the prettiest forests I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, Moon of Endor. There it's. Um, but uh, 
the like 10 people aside or whatever it is is just so small for such epic locations yeah and these are the smaller game modes aren't they the sort of uh, is it blast which is almost like a team deathmatch yeah uh, mode a uh, cargo where you have to it's almost like capture the flag um, yeah there's the drop party one the drop pod one which is is one of the game modes that i actually like the most yeah i was but, really happy as you say works on some maps doesn't quite work on others and i think when we when you you think about battlefront you think that it's going to be a big game in terms of scale of the battles that you partake in um mm-hmm. and i think that's my biggest issue with this game that it just isn't epic enough isn't grand enough which would be fine if you um so like i'm super interested in one of the dlcs and by super interested i mean i noticed it and was like that might actually work in this game yeah. oh, it was the the bespin map yes because cloud city's not big the action huh? sequences we're all used to are fairly like it's not big waves big armies against each other sort of pockets of battles mm-hmm. of one or two people against the stormtroopers or whatever and that seems to be where this game might have a sweet spot yeah um because it's it's not terrible uh no, no not at all have you when was the last time you picked it up um i played it a couple of days ago um not because we were going to do this episode at all um i hadn't played it for maybe two weeks something like that um, oh wow you've played it a lot more than i have yeah i mean i i, I probably um have a game every couple of weeks, um, or uh, I probably play for maybe an hour, mm. sort of every couple of weeks, and that's enough to play maybe two, three games, depending on what type of um, game mode I'm playing. Um, I quite enjoy it. I mean, it's a a, a decent shooter. Um, I play it third person mostly. I forgot you uh, could even not play it third person. Yeah, you can jump. I don't into know why you person. would. Um, it, it's Slightly strange in that when you aim down the sights, that gives you no bonus in terms of accuracy. You don't sort of move any faster when you're um, looking down the sights. And I think actually from from what people have said and the testing that people have done, when you're looking down the sights, your character model actually moves a little bit slower. So it's easier for other people to target you when you're looking down the sights, which is Hmm. kind of odd. Um, well, but is it though? I mean, if you were concentrated, I mean, like in the division, when you when you zoom in, you automatically stop running because that's true. As as yeah. a person, you are focusing yeah. on a thing and you don't want to trip and fall. That mm. seems. I mean, I, it might not be in all the this sort of the standard conventions in the genre, but I think that's perfectly reasonable. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. Um, I I have to admit that I have not played it. I I was really disenchanted with it in the beginning, and then other game. I mean, it was the uh, holiday season, mm-hmm. uh, and I just other games kept popping up. A lot of them much smaller, you know, indie games or whatever. And I, it turns out that uh, I, I played a lot of the beta, but it turns out I was rank two, <laughs> um, okay. and I played it uh, yesterday for a couple of matches, and I got to rank four because it was basically. Almost, no, rank five. Um, but it, it was basically a rank a match because I was so low level. Yeah. Uh, but it was also super, super frustrating because I had so little gear, so mm. little mm. weapon choice. Like, I yeah. just, I, I, 
if there was a long, if I saw a guy at long range, um, I could shoot at him, hope I might take hit him for a couple damage, and then know he will kill me because yes. of the disparity in our gear. Mm. Um, which you know is not what I like. Um, yeah, I mean, and it some is of the convention. So, sorry, sorry, I was just going to say some of the higher end uh, pistols um, just seem to do a, a disproportionate amount of damage. You only need to hit people uh, with one or two shots to to down them. them the Whereas head. with something like the uh, is it the E thirty three, which like is that. or the double E three or something, which is the slightly, um, but which is the burst rifle carbine. Um, mm. That takes quite a lot to actually down someone. It doesn't seem to be that good in terms of damage, even though it's a slightly more accurate burst fire weapon. Um, so yeah, some of the weapons do seem very unbalanced. Uh, I think they've been trying to address those issues since the game released with with patches, and they have nerfed a couple of um, weapons, like the, um, the, the Bowcaster. I know that got nerfed. Um, hmm. Sort of a, a not that long after after launch because it was just so powerful. Right. Um, so they are still oh I'm trying sure. to balance the game and and they will continue to do so I would think because they've still got you know another nine months or six months worth of um, DLC to um, uh, to release. They've got almost a year I think. Yeah. I, I think okay. the last piece of DLC is slotted for spring 2017. Oh, wow. Okay. I thought it was spring. You might be right. It might be earlier, but, um, I mean, who knows what the actual release schedule will be. Yeah, I, I thought when the game released, they were going to be releasing a DLC each quarter. Um, oh, so I might have each quarter. That. So, But it, it may be that they've slipped very slightly and had to um, and had to, to push it a little bit. Um, it's six pieces of DLC, I thought. Oh, I think it's four. When What's you log six? in, oh, I'm thinking of Hitman. I'm totally thinking of Hitman, the other <laughs> game I was looking at D- DLC for. <laughs> Just think um, about a completely different game. Although, fucking Star Wars Hitman would be awesome. That would be good. I'd enjoy that. Like where you just like wander around, like Moss Eisley, go to the cantina. Poison the guy's fucking bubbling drink of despair. Uh, poke oh, a guy oh. so he gets disarmed, so everyone gets distracted as you go and assassinate. Um, what's his name? The elephant blue guy. I just don't know his name. What? Oh, Max no, Rebo. No, Max Rebo. Re- Max Rebo. Yeah, what? He doesn't exist in Tatooine. Come on. <laughs> well. Yeah, um, I know we do. So we've also recently been playing um, another Star Wars game which is very similar to Battlefront, and that is Battlefront 2. Mm-hmm. And by similar, you mean its predecessor. Yes. Um, a much larger game than the, um, than the new version of Battlefront. Which I'm... I know it's easier to talk about, and it's like a generation of games, but I'm so tired of re-releasing games with the same names. Yeah. Um, although, I think the worst is... The Need for Speed Most Wanted, 2015. Mm. Not to be confused with Need for Speed Most Wanted, 2008 or something. Yeah, it's it like, might have been earlier. It enough, has the yeah, same yeah. subtitle. No, that's mm. that's ridiculous. You yeah. can call it Need for Speed, and which they have actually now done. Now that I think about it, um, God damn it! Now I'm annoyed. <laughs> um, and like Hitman, this is actually the first game called Hitman. 
because it was yeah, Hitman right. Agent Forty Seven. Agent Forty Seven, yes, yeah, yeah. And then after that, they had stupid qualifiers. No, two was two, and then Silent. Know. No, Silent Assassin. Hitman Two, Silent Assassin. Wasn't it I Hitman so. Two though? Maybe, maybe. Anyway, anyway, we diverge. Yeah, um, but like, I don't know. I. Even but yeah, I mean, reboot, it, it, I is, it like... is the next iteration of Battlefront, isn't it? This game, it is, it is the same game. It's trying to rely on similar systems, um, mm. and it is it cashing does... in on that name of, of yeah, Battlefront. Yeah, it does. Um, it does. I mean, the one thing it does, which again I was sort of complaining about, is the sort of you don't in Battlefront Two, you never had, um, you know, this class, the RPG element of leveling up your character. Yeah, which. I like in theory, but because I'm not hardcore or slash don't play all, all a game all day every day for a few mm-hmm. months before moving on to another one or never or maybe never, uh, I find it, these games quite frustrating. And may, again, I play them mostly in the PC space, so I don't know if it's the same in the console space. But when I enter the game, I'm all right at first-person shooters with a mouse and keyboard or third-person mm-hmm. shooters. I'm all right with aiming and shit. Yep. Um, and I'm just outclassed by one ability because they are, you know, living and breathing game. Cool with that. But two, the fact that, like, if we trade weapons fire, you know, like, oh shit, we both ran to the corner and shoot each other in the head at the same time, he loses a tick of health and I die. Yeah. Like that sort of imbalance, which I get if, if we were all were uh, sort of playing at the same rate. Um,. It'd be okay, and like MMOs solve this problem by leveling you off to new levels. But these are the same maps that you're thrown in, and I know they do matchmaking now. But it it seems, especially on the PC, that Battlefront doesn't have a huge player base. Yeah. So the the level breadth is quite like the rank breadth is quite wide mm, in mm. the in the matches I played, and like it had to drop down to seventy percent full before it found me a match. Really? Because well, you know I mean... how it goes matchmaking. 99, looking for 99% yeah, full. Yeah. yeah. And I dropped down to 70% before it threw me in a match. And I think I just said, I want to play. I don't think I specified a specific thing. Yeah, I mean, I think... Um, so that's one of the things that they patched in, is now that on the, the multiplayer screen, on, on, the, on this iteration of Battlefront, on the newest, um, you can just join a match, a large match, or a small match, or a, a hero match, right. as such. And that will just rotate you through and pick the first match of that size um, and right. throw you into it. So it does stop you possibly going into um, you know, a, a mode of your choosing and then, then having to wait for, for right. people to also be there because it's just throwing you into the first match of that size. Yeah, um, but on, on PlayStation 4 at least, I haven't found much that it needs to drop much below uh, about 80% full. Um, which is maybe just two per- two people on either side missing, um, and as soon as I'm sort of dumped in, someone else will very quickly you join as well. Out. And and I, I don't normally find that you've got unless a lot of people leave during match. Um, I don't find that you're sort of one sided in um, in terms of matchmaking really. Um, but- I, I think this is I think so. I think this is one of the reasons why I need to reevaluate, given that I do own next gen consoles. Reevaluate, um, despite usually getting a better deal. Because, but, but yeah, I get a better deal on these things months later because it, there's less staying power on the PC. Yeah. Um, and with games like this, there's no real 
option. Like, you can't... Like, you need people. Yes. In fact, you can barely play some levels with bots in this game. Can you, I don't think you play any levels Well, like, bots. you can play the single-player... Oh, okay, and you can do, yeah, like, like, the, the co-op or, maps or the survival. Or yeah. Yes, yes. Um, um, so, despite liking the mouse and keyboard, despite mm-hmm. just assuming PC and then sometimes changing my mind, but usually it's about exclusivity, uh, I, like, I'm almost tempted when Battlefront... If the game got a little was a little better, I would be yeah. tempted to rebuy it on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Um, if you knew you were going to play it a little more than you currently do. Yeah, although yes. now that I, I sort of got a nice, good taste of it again, um, so I might probably play a little more. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm getting a little divisioned out at level okay. 27, 24, 25, 26, 27, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I, part of that, I think, is just that I don't have constant people to play with and the one person mm. i know who plays lives in australia so you can imagine <laughs> how often we get to play together yeah, um, yeah but also he's level 30 and i was okay. 24 when we when we finally got to play the first time and it was mm. so it's like i need to catch up and then i then i was forcing myself to level and then i lost yeah, all urge because yeah. grinding is boring anyway definitely i think the the one thing i wanted to sort of say about um the difference between battlefront 2 and um and the latest Battlefront, apart from Battlefront 2 having an extensive single-player campaign, um, is that Battlefront 2 just seems quicker. It Which seems a little given, more fluid. Given that we usually gripe about modern games being too twitch, um, for, for like, uh, especially in shooters, that we, mm. we've often said, like, oh yeah, it's, it's very twitch and there's less strategy, blah, blah, blah. But you're right, it, it does seem slower. Yes. Um, some of this is map size-ish, I think. It like, takes you a while to encounter anybody, yeah. Um, but I also think, frankly, it's, it's um, Battlefront 2 had a max player size per map of 64. A side? Yep. 64 a side. Mm-hmm. Or is it 32 and 32? Now I don't remember. No, no, I don't remember either. We're making eyes at each other. Yeah. Neither of us remember. Oh, I was just making eyes at you because, you know, that beard is very fetching. Well. Um, but at any rate, true. 64 people. Um, I think it's I think, uh, I think it's 64 total. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, okay. it's, especially with, um, with slightly smaller maps, mm. changes the dynamic totally. Like, you're constantly on... Um, you're constantly on your toes, right? Yes. Yeah. But also, like, respawning is, is is actually... I like that there's no real timer mm-hmm. on respawn. Um, but it's... Uh, yeah, just you die. You come back. It's Because it, it's Star Wars and, you know, like, generic soldiers are, are not real people and are expendable and there's always more of them. Yeah. Um, I think it's appropriate that you sort of die a lot, but you respond quickly, etc. Um, but with the slight, with the larger, um, sorry, the more dense, I guess we'll say, because again, the maps are slightly smaller and there's more people. Yep. Um, with the more dense, uh, the higher player density per square meter makes it so that you feel you actually can attack in waves. While with Battlefront, like I was playing, like the Hoth, right? 
um, the Hoth ATAT map. Mm -hmm. um, despite being ma married to a player such that you can spawn at them, which yes. I've found very useful at certain times, and I think is a really cool idea, mm -hmm. especially because it just sort of slaps you to someone, and they're yeah, now your partner. Yeah, you don't. Yes, yes. Um, but uh, I constantly found myself running by myself. And actually, for a long time, uh, for a lot of large portions of the map, it's just looking for enemies. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you don't want to defend the access points, or whatever they're called, mm -hmm. um, in my head, when I was playing that map, it was like, um, you were just trying to keep the Wi-Fi up. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, it, it, there was just, it's such a big map to have so few people on. Yeah, And again... Definitely. You could have this, it's not like, I think it's, yeah, 40 total versus mm -hmm. 64. It's, you'd think, you know, yeah, it's one and a half times, but it's not that big a thing. But the maps are big. And you just, and the, the other thing is, uh, especially on the PC where we're not, we don't have people yep. or as many people. Like, you, you again, it, it took a while, but I think we're still missing one or two people during the match. Mm. Um in Battlefront 2, I don't remember a single time where we where missing players w weren't set by the server to be filled by bots. Yeah, yeah. The lack of the... Even though the AI is kind of crap, uh, the fodder actually made sense, right? Again, if there's a bunch of stormtroopers who can't hit you because they're not as good as you, that's appropriate in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, completely. But also, it makes the, the map feel more alive because there's yep. more moving parts. Definitely. I think it's one of the, the things that... Um, the Sullust um, selection of maps um, in the new iteration um, does quite well. They're not quite; doesn't feel quite as big, um, and it, it does give you a little bit more uh, density. Uh, and there's a lot of uh, changes in levels as well that are very apparent on that map, so you can sort of navigate yeah, you your way like around. And height? You, yes, yeah. And you navigate your way around, and it actually makes the jump pack worthwhile because you're trying to jump up between different levels and things. And you encounter players, other players on that map, very quickly, um, and that always seems like there's a lot going on. Whereas, as you say, with the Endor map and with the Hoth map, not so much. Um, oh. They have introduced a new map, which are, is it called uh, Hoth at Night or like during a snowstorm? And they've got some beautiful particle effects of snow just covering your view. Um, I think it was one of the free. They just released this as a oh, free map. I don't know if I've seen that yet. Um, and that is a, a little denser as well. That sort of packs you in a little bit more. So you get to the action a little bit quicker. You encounter people. You're you're constantly sort of playing rather than running around the map trying to look for things yeah. uh, that are happening. Like on Endor, I liked I liked the fact that you could go on the Ewok bridges, etc. Yeah. Um, it gave you sort of you could try and snipe people. Although again, if you're rank fuck all, you can try and snipe them with a shitty blaster that doesn't ex that can't hit the broadside of a barn at 50 paces. Yeah, um, yeah. But, uh, what was I going to say? It's, I, I think a large part of it for me, like, I, I don't know if you've ever played the Arma series. Yes. So that's the, 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 the whole tenant of the Arma, Arma series is like recreating the realistic conditions and so there's a lot of slow planning not seeing people for a long time mm, inching mm. forward quote-unquote boring play if you were talking about pure action but yeah uh for strategy and suspense and sort of it makes 
um, I, I was talking to my friend John about this, and I, I think the uh, the metaphor I used was it's like it's like a game of football. By that mm-hmm. I mean football to non North Americans, soccer to uh, North yeah. Americans, where if you don't understand um, the strategy and um, what's going on in the game because you're not as familiar or you've never played or whatever. You don't. Uh, you think it's a very slow, boring game with low scores, mm-hmm. but in fact, it because of all the sort of the the, the oh god, I was going to say poetry. Glad I didn't. Um, the sort of the <laughs> ebb and flow of the game and the pressure yes. and and the passing game, uh, and you know the the like the yeah the pressure again like. Yeah, are, yeah. are you owning ball control because you just have that pressure such that you're making attempts much more often makes those action points all the more strong right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i think arma sort of lives in that similar space again yes. to abuse analogy um while so i could see why some people hate the game because mm-hmm. they're not looking for that experience and it feels to me like um battlefront is Map size, map and people size, trying to like more appropriate for an Arma experience, mm. but no one expects that because if you watch Star Wars, it's massive armies hitting yeah. each other in small, relatively small spaces. Yes, yes. Also, where yeah. are they going to come out with the Episode One maps? Uh, yeah, well, maybe. Can you imagine maybe we'll being able on. to massacre fucking Gungans? <laughs> That's true. They just line them up and allow you to shoot them for time. No one practice. picks the uh, the rebels or whatever they're called at that point. No, no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. Um, that's a good point to move on. Yeah. Anyway, Battlefront. so Battlefront Two is still great. Battlefront Two is still great, and you can still play the single player campaign as well. Um, uh, there are ways to play multiplayer. Yeah, there are still servers around if you can. Um... Uh, well, so but the the main. The, their their architecture was much like Game Spies or EA. It, well, yeah, it was Game Spy, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, I think it was EA, but uh, EA also decommissioned their servers. Right. I think there's ways to tweak it in P- on the PC settings, but I don't know if you've ever heard of Hamachi. No. Or there's these programs that basically run, and uh, you and your friends, um, it basically makes a, a virtual private network. Okay. Specific for gaming. Yeah. So it's it's not just like so it's like primed for just share the network such that we can make these connections and the rest will go on regular so we don't have to slow things down. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so all the all the like dead games on GameSpy, etc. You can play with your friends if you use something like Hamachi. Mm-hmm. You won't be able to hop into on on regular games easily, right? Because you have to know the password and address the, yes, of your yeah, friends, yeah. etc. To get into the the room, if you will, the Hamachi room, but. It's a great solution for like I, I I really feel like playing Battlefront two with a friend. Hey, let's we can still do this. Yes. I also have to say last words on Battlefront two is the vehicle combat. This the that that it's simple, really crap, not really taxing vehicle combat, but in space. You had space-specific missions where you could just fly into the bay of the other guy, get out, and then fuck up the other ship. Yeah. How did they just skip that? They have X-wing flight, Tie fighter flight, A-wing flight, Y-wing flight. Yeah. But they all fly in the atmosphere. Something that in the in the actual movies usually 
happens on the way out to space, and that's so, it. I'm I'm hoping that um, I I believe that one of the DLC packs is the Death Star. So I'm hoping we're going to get some kind of space battles, and not just the trench run, and not just the trench run, not just tied to the surface of the Death Star. Um, yeah, I, I. I mean, I would buy that DLC pack uh, if that was the case. I think um, one of the other reasons I'm going to buy one of the, the the DLC packs is just to be able to play as Lando Calrissian because he's a flying motherfucker. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Right, we should move on. Uh, yeah. I'm going to open another beer because I finished too. my my maw. Uh, it was very nice. Very, I enjoyed it very much. Yeah, my uh, my uh, initial comments stay. It's um, yeah. it is remarkably the same all throughout. I, there's nothing that surprised me. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I'm going to have uh, so the, my other two beers are both Halifax IPAs. Okay. Um, so the first one I'll go for is um, Jesus um, is the Garrison um, Brewery. Yeah. The Garrison by the Sea. Yes. Or Castle. Uh, the Castle the, by the Sea is the Hoppy Boy, where boy is you know a boy. A boy. Yeah. Um, it is. <laughs> it's Rough Seas or Snug Harbor. This beer is a beacon of full-on hoppiness. Brewed with shiploads of aroma and finishing hops, it's an American-style IPA spiked with mango and partially unfiltered to deliver on citrus and tropical notes a nautical mile long. There apparently are 31 tons of maritime barley malt. I don't know in how much, so that's a useless stat. And it has 50 IBUs. Um, And it is 6.5%. Nice. Well, my second beer is the much-coveted Cloudwater Brewing Double IPA Ooh. version 3. Version 3? Um, version 3. So it's a, a seasonal beer that comes are you, out Are you sure it's not just called Double IPA? And uh, they've just renamed it in a reboot process? Quite possibly. So rather than, um, rather than releasing oh, a new... They actually uh, call it a dipper. That's Dipper. Funny. Dipper V3. Yeah, um, yeah it's a, a much-coveted beer. Um, very seasonal. I'm very much looking forward to this. 9%. Ooh. It is a double. Smells fucking fantastic. Very, very tropical fruits. Yeah, I'm super curious about this one. And I got it oh. instantly as soon as I opened the bottle as well. So this doesn't have a... Like, the nose doesn't smack you, but... It's... The tropicalness comes out right away. It's not. I wouldn't say I immediately caught mango. Like if the, if I wasn't primed by the bottle, but it's clearly tropical. I'd mm. almost say a little passion fruity, but I think that's again the citrus and the mango working together. Um, yeah. And there's this. There's a, a light. I'm surprised at how light the hoppiness is on the nose. It's quite um like you get hit by that tropical fruity nose, and then there's a slight. Slight hoppiness, very slight at the end of that, and then the nose finishes. Nice, nice. This is this beer's fucking. I've had two sips, and it's fantastic. Um, you, 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 oh, it's just a, a, there's such a, a huge amount of flavour going on. Um, you sort of get a, a, a really nice sort of sweetness of almost sort of pineapple-y, and it, it sort of merges or, or, or folds into this sort of slightly more sour grapefruit note with a. Very subtle hint of bitterness. 
Hmm. I'm getting very excited, and I've only had two sips so far. This is really good. This is sip number two. Mmm. Mmm. Oh, that's really refreshing. That is a quite unique um, IPA, actually. The, nice. the The hops, the bitterness, that, that very stereotypical IPA taste only comes after this sort of very sweet, light flavor that is the initial, and even the mid, I'd say. Like, the majority of the flavor is this very refreshing, tropically taste, and then it and then the and then it fades away to to yield to the hoppiness which has been there the whole time but sort of masked. Yeah. Um, and it's not super strong, but could thwart it lasts. Yeah. Like it's been. At, yeah. I mean, I ramble. It's been at least twenty seconds since my sip, and I can still taste that bitter hoppy taste. But it's not really thick. Mm. Like mm. it's strong. Like I can take. Like it's actually, given how long it's been, I can, that that bitterness of the hops is. Still there, like it hasn't faded nearly as much as I would have thought. We've, but it's we've not very done, thick. We've done very well with matching our beers again this week because that's a that's very similar to what I'm getting from from this Cloudwater. Um, it, it does sit and it's it's a long lasting flavour, and you still get that jump between a slightly sweet and a slightly sour flavour to it. It's really good. Um, so while we enjoy these, we are mm. going to talk about other notable Star Wars games that we have enjoyed. Um, so, uh, I propose, uh, you say what you're, hmm. I was going to say, there's different ways of approaching this, which is like genres or just favorite Star Wars game or top three. Ooh. Um, top three is easier because I don't know if I have as a favorite, but, um, top three is top three is quite easy and perhaps yeah. that is the way that we should do it. So we shall tell you our top three, each of our top three Star Wars games. We won't dwell on them too much because we want to discuss uh, another small topic at the end of the episode. Um, but why don't you go for oh, your? You yeah, you've got to think about them. Now. Um, how about this? I got um, them to mine. We'll alternate. Okay, cool. Uh, um, I in, think in... my third. So I'll oh, give you some excellent. time to think about it. Oh, I have them. I just don't know. The oh, you, order, oh, you do have great. them. Okay. No, no, it's okay. Yeah, take it. Um, I'm going to be very controversial to not include some very classic Star Wars games in my top three. Um, I think my my third favorite Star Wars game is probably Knights of the Old Republic. It's fair. Um, Bioware, story driven. Mm-hmm. It's it was a great Star Wars game. It, it 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 sort of gave you what you wanted when you didn't have a new or when you didn't have what you got from the the film sort of thing it gave you that story driven star wars experience and of uh, course it it's the old republic so it it's a thousand years before the current time period of yeah star wars, it's a it's a big time difference which is such a smart was such a smart idea mm. because there was some leeway you could do with lore like you could yeah. introduce a lot of, all, all kinds of lore you just had to have the force stay mystical and roughly be split two ways. Yes. Um, but other than that, it was, there's very little structure that you needed to adhere to. I mean, I know there's the extended universe crap, but they had, I, I mean, it helps when you don't have to work around heroes. Like yes, the, completely. The completely. new Star Wars, this year's Star yeah. Wars film, well, is going to interleave with episodes, what, four and five? Mm-hmm. Or is it, no, it's the prequel no. to four. Right? Because they're trying to find the Death Star plans? 
So yes, I believe yep. that's correct. Yeah, uh, Rogue One. Yeah, is yeah. is just before um, A New Hope. Yeah, yeah. So um, it also was so well done. Mm. I mean, there's a reason why the the second Star Wars MMO I almost forgot about Galaxies existing um, <laughs> uh, is is Star Wars: The Old Republic, right? It's yeah, because that universe that was so period. well flushed mm. out, so yep. loved, yeah, so made by the same company. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's uh, again it's a game you can you can go and pick up on Steam now to um to play through and it's fuck that if, you, you know how many platforms it's released on you can get it on your mobile phone I found out. Oh really? Yeah. Ooh. There's an well, iOS droid. No, it's dependent public. dependent on what system you'd like to play it on. It's one of those games that everyone should try and play should try and play. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it gives you a fantastic story experience set in the Star Wars universe, um, and again, it's Bioware, so you know um, it was one of the more early, very popular games that did the um, good bad choices choices yep thing, yep. which I uh, liked at the time. I think it hasn't evolved enough. No, uh, not actually. So. Uh, I'm going to sidebar to Star Wars: The Old Republic, okay. and say that one of my problems with that was I was playing a Jedi Consular. I think that's mm-hmm. the healer slash assassin class. Yeah, uh, a Jedi healer slash assassin class on the on the good the light side, um, and there was this time where you had to like you had to make a choice about revealing uh, an illicit relationship or something, and I just remember being like. I think the right thing to do is leave things as they are. Mm-hmm. But I know that the four, like the Jedi Council, would say I should do this other thing. Yeah. And sure enough, I did the other thing, and I got the light side points. And I was like, Yeah. Okay, I was right about that. I got the points I wanted, but I made the decision I didn't want to do, despite wanting to be a good person. Sure. And I think games games have this habit of assuming there's no such thing as moral ambiguity. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes they're not even internally co- consistent. I know I'm a philosopher. I probably think too much about <laughs> this crap. But like when you make a choice in one sense that should should lead to sort of a central tenant and then that tenant is broken in order to make the right choice at later, it, it bothers me. And I, I yeah. think that's yeah, this, this very binary view of right and wrong doesn't help. And, it's only, and also... The majority of people don't live far left or far right. Mm-hmm. Choose whichever good, bad is left, right, as you feel. Um, but these games, all they do is they, the choice mechanisms reward you making all choices of one type because you'll get the best bad guy power yes, or the exactly. best good guy power. Yeah. And you can go middle ground, but that means you get like that one really early good bad guy power and that one really early good guy power that everyone really wants but none of the later powers because you're towing the middle line and I think yeah. that's a shame and in it Star is. Wars it makes a lot more sense but in other games it's like really? Mm, mm, completely. So what's your third favorite Star Wars game? Oh jeez. And I can't say nice to the old. I will try not to repeat <laughs> I will you, say you that can repeat. You can repeat well, and we can move on if, if needs be. I mean if, if Knights of the Old Republic uh, is one of your top three Star Wars games. Hey, it's a fantastic game, and I, you know, well, no one's so, going to begrudge you for it. Well, Someone I, might, but 
Most people uh, won't. And I can't say the Star Wars collectible card game of the late 90s, right? Yeah, it was crap. I'm, I'm, I'm being very facetious. It was garbage. Um, also, you know, in collectible card games, um, how there's rare cards? Yeah. So they made an uncommon or a rare, not ultra rare, Vader card and Luke card that was less good and more and less rare than Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker. So you'd have this initial, holy shit, I got Vader, and then find out that it's not the expensive card. <laughs> I don't know why they chose just to do pure that. It was, it's disappointment. Just, it's just like a big fuck you to anyone who yeah, gets this yeah. card. Um, I digress. Uh, I'm going to say, hmm, Shadows of the Empire. Good choice. And, I, and the first level of Shadows of the Empire is Hoth, Harpoon, Trip the ATAT. Yeah, tow cable. And it is the first time in gaming history you could do that. Mm-hmm. The graphics at the time were fantastic. Yep. This is what, an N64 game? Uh, yes. Did it was come to PlayStation 1? Probably. Um, it was that era. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and But you also played kind of a dick. <laughs> like, it was, it was refreshing not to play... Uh, light all, side character yeah but like you were still trying to, you were still against the empire you are still working towards things but to me that's actually going calling back to the ambiguity thing you weren't you were a smugglery guy trying to just yep. get your way through and you stumbled upon being important to the rebellion mm-hmm. um, but especially in the beginning of the game you weren't like this amazing person you just got things done right like it, yeah yeah it, it's it's actually sort of i think it's the progenitor of like its popularity is why we have rogue one coming right because completely yep turns out people really like the idea of morally ambiguous people in the middle of the yes. star wars universe mm-hmm. who are ultimately on the good side but don't just do pure good things yeah yeah so that's my number three nice um I think my second favorite Star Wars game uh, is something a little more recent and is probably The Force Unleashed. Oh, uh, good game. Yes. Uh, I actually I forgot really enjoyed about that. It. I, I loved the idea that you play this. Um, again, a very middle ground character um, who has Force powers, who becomes uber powerful. Yes, um, he does. You've got, some, you've got some fantastic set pieces. Um, within the game of being able to, 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 I can't remember whether it was the Force Unleashed or the First Unleashed Two, where you um, you pull a Star Destroyer out of the sky. It's Force Unleashed One. It was, I think, it was actually featured in the E3 video. Mm. Mm. I think. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it, it big deal. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, it's. You, you can just sort of run around a level, and you know that you've got this. Um, you, I mean, in terms of uh, a, a game feeling too easy, possibly, but there was always points where you came up against it and there were uh, very difficult encounters to get through, but it just it just gave you uh, a huge arsenal of powers to be able to use and just made you feel powerful. Yeah, I think... Um... I also really enjoyed that game, and I liked 
ex- especially liked the that feeling. I think they captured the idea of someone who you know is really strong with the force and doesn't have anything really stopping him from using it to its full extent. Yes. Yes. Um, it. Uh, it. Yeah. I. It, I think. I think it was a Nerd Cube video, um, where where he talked about how he plays that game on easy specifically because the point isn't to be challenged. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and actually, I. I don't know if you have to go that far, but the whole. I do think the point is that you should feel like a boss. Yeah, I mean, you, you start off, I, I believe, story-wise, you start off as Vader's apprentice, even yeah. though he's not really meant to have one. Um, yeah, you're like a shadow you, apprentice. You, yeah, you can see sort of how they've um, come up with names for the uh, for the the new films and things. The fact that this game was called The Force Unleashed, mm-hmm. a new film called The Force Awakens, yeah. and that you play, the, the character you play is, the, they've got the code name of Starkiller, Mm-hmm. And that happened to be the name of the uh, the giant moon no. type Death Star, uh, circular weapon. base, which, to be fair, was also a giant weapon in the extended universe that no longer counts. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, um, yeah, but uh, again, if you want a, a Star Wars game which makes you feel uber powerful with Jedi powers, mm-hmm. then uh, or with Force powers, I should say, um, then only Jedi then- powers. Only Jedi. Then that's the game that you should play. I am going to add um, a note. Uh, what is it called? Not runner-up. Um, Honorable mention. Thank you. I will. I will add that section. Um, even though I know uh, we're been talking quite some time, because there's a game I want to mention for a specific reason. Okay. Um, but I'm going to say Rogue Squadron 3D as mine. Oh, two. nice. I think it captured. The feeling of flying an X-wing and doing Star Wars battles, perfectly. Yeah, I think it had just the right balance between difficulty and arcade, like arcade difficulty mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, for flying spaceships, but feeling like you you were actually part of Rogue Squadron and doing some boss shit that the average pilot couldn't do. Yeah, which is sort of the whole point of being uh, an elite pilot in the Star Wars universe, right? Yeah. I think it's precisely the the lack of that that makes flight, uh, well, vehicle, yeah, flight, vehicle, flying vehicle combat in Battlefront, um, so boring, mm-hmm. is because you don't get that feeling. You just get the clunky feeling. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, I would say that we probably shouldn't have had an honorable mentions category because that would have been my number one Star Wars game because I fucking love that game. Rogue Squadron 3D. Oh, no, yeah, this isn't well, my honorable the, the, mention. The, I'm just saying I want original. to add an honorable, honorable mention. Yeah, this yeah, is the, my oh, I see, two. I see. Ah, uh, I see. Okay. Sorry, um, I, I realized I introduced that, but that was just because I remembered a thing. I had a, <laughs> some beer. Well, then I your number... No, Rogue Squadron 3D is my number two. Okay, I was gonna, I was gonna just say Rogue Squadron, the uh, the original on the N64. Um, that's the same one. It's just it yeah, it is, Rogue it is. Squadron it's just down in 3D. On and it's PC. available on Steam, I think now. Um. It's available on Steam and Good Old Games as yes. of the last six months. Uh, the original PC release was also called Rogue Squadron 3D. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, which is why I called it that. Because um, who would have thought if I played a PC game instead of a console version? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, that was 
that was exactly what I wanted from a from a um, a Star Wars game. Having played other Star Wars games, which allowed you to take flight and 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 pilot X wings and Tie fighters, um, this this just got it right. It just oh it, it, the mechanic just of flying was just was just fantastic, uh, and at the time looked looked wonderful. Had great sound. Uh, as a lot of Star Wars games do, it, it, it got the sound sort of spot on. Um, yeah. Had a very a very replayable single player campaign. Uh, yeah, a, a fantastic game. Um, I will say that um, you mentioned flying an X wing and a Tie fighter. Yes, I completely fucking forgot about the X wing and Tie fighter and, flight <laughs> sim series until yeah. just now. Uh, I played them reasonably a reasonable amount. I still don't think they. They jump, they do much, like they don't usurp anything I've said before. But mm-hmm. they are worth mentioning that if you've not played them, they are also available on PC now. And they're st- I think, I haven't played them in a long time, but I bet they still stand up as sort of a good, solid, nothing breaking the bank, so to speak, uh, space shooter. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and they, they were not arcade Like, if you tried to play it like an arcade shooter, you would miss all of the fighters. Oh, completely. They're, they're much more sort of flight sim mm-hmm. um, games and, and, and probably best played with a, uh, with a joystick. Yeah. yeah Not that you see many of those around Actually, these days. I think um, that's probably one of the reasons why I liked Road Squadron so much was that uh, I didn't need a joystick to feel like I could do all the fo- cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why it worked on on N sixty four very well because the um, the control pad sort of gave you that uh, that freedom of movement almost. Uh, so what's your what's your number one? Uh, it has to be um, Dark Forces two slash Jedi Knight Mysteries Ooh, of the Sith. Nice. I put them together because it Mysteries of the Sith was an expansion though. I think they yep. now sell it. And have for you know probably well over a decade, <laughs> uh, probably two decades actually almost um, as a as a standalone as well. But it's same yeah. engine um, and sequel, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Dark Forces series, uh, Dark Forces One did not age well. Okay. It is really shit to play. Really, <laughs> uh, it's a DOS box game, so you can now play it right because thanks to the wonders of emulation. Yep. Um, so you can buy it and play it on good old games, and I think and um, Steam Steam Utilar. But um, it just it hasn't aged well. And to be honest, the plot wasn't so great that like I I remember really fond memories of the entire series, but it just I didn't care. Like yeah, I got a few yeah. levels in, I'm like, oh, I remember this plot. It was all right. Um, but when what's the dude's name? Oh, uh, the nice. protagonist. Um, I keep saying, thinking, oh, Kyle Katarn. Yeah. I was like, Kylo Ren kept on me in my hand because of Kyle. Um, uh, he sort of, he starts as a smuggler in Dark Forces and he moves into becoming a Jedi. Cause it turns mm-hmm. out he has Jedi powers. And it's, I mean, at the time, this is late 90s, 1997-ish. Yeah. Uh, and then Mysteries of the Sith is 98 uh, the next year. And it, it was very much a, like, the writing wasn't great. It was very archetypal you know just a regular guy turns out he has the magic power um his name was really kyle potter um or <laughs> if i if Naruto i remember correctly Katarn. if i remember correctly it's it's almost a 
like a Doom clone, isn't it? Uh, Dark it's a, a corridor-based, yeah, corridor-based first-person shooter, right? Dark Forces One was. Dark Forces Two was an entire uh, engine revamp, and it at the time blew all of the things out of the water. It just looked more beautiful than anyone really thought games could at the time. Mm. You won't be able to tell really. Although actually, I've played it a number of times, uh, and it uh, it's still pretty. I mean, it's pretty old, but it's also pretty. It's um. But it also had, so because Kyle got force powers and a lightsaber, you could you could land um, up to thirty two people, I think. So you could. So I I remember this was one of the first games I really really enjoyed in the internet landing days. Yeah. With friends because we all got it from various means, and. Um, and I remember, like, it was just so much fun force choking a guy and mm. slashing him with a lightsaber. And the reasons why I love Battlefront 2, which I think would be in there as well in my top three if we hadn't talked about it, but I figured. But, like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. My moments of feeling like a Jedi and loving the idea of being someone of import, at least skill wise, in the Star Wars universe mm. is all. Jedi Knight multiplayer and Jedi Knight single player. But to be honest, it's the multiplayer that I remember with the most fondness. Yes, yeah. Um, so I have to say that that... And it's a first person, right? It's not third person. It's mm-hmm, first person, mm-hmm. which... First person lightsaber battling is awkward. Difficult and to it, do. Yeah, until we get the HTC Vive version of it. or um, Lightsabers in VR. Well, which is what they sold on the Kinect. Do you remember that? Um, connect yes, game? I do remember that. Yeah, everyone was super stoked, and it turns out it was an on rails, on on foot on rails lightsaber game, mm-hmm. and like Man. literally, it was just a lightsaber game. Yeah, the less the I less that, said about it, probably um, the better. So the the other thing I wanted to say, other than um, honorable mentions, was worst Star Wars. So I'll jump to that, Ooh. and I Ooh. think that might be just because of the hype. And the change in technology that didn't happen, I think it's... I don't even remember the name of the game, but the Kinect uh, Star Wars game is, is the one for me. I never played it. I just saw... I had the hype in me, and then I heard and like watched, listened to people having opinions and saw videos of it in action and with like with a webcam on the actual person to see like what you needed to do to do the thing. Yeah. And um, I just was so sad. <laughs> um. I don't know what my my worst Star Wars game would be. Um, it's very difficult because there's a lot of games that I'm not really uh, you know like they've done a lot of Star Wars Lego games, haven't they? I'm I have really. Them all. I'm not really a massive fan of the Lego games. Um, um, the newer so, ones are with the like, voice probably, acting. I have much oh, I more focus on plot. Okay. So that's the DC and the Marvel ones, basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit ones have come out with voices because they came out afterwards. Right, but Batman two and three, and Marvel and Marvel Avengers, and maybe Jurassic Park. Um, but what I like about the DC and Marvel ones, especially, is because they aren't tied to a plot. Mm. So the Star yeah. Wars ones are fun, but a lot of it is like, do you remember this scene? How about this? Yeah, scene? and I and I seem to remember. Didn't it start off with the Lego games, at least with uh, with Episode one? Or yes, with came that out. trilogy of uh, of that that trilogy of films. Yeah, but so you now can get the a... complete Star Wars Lego saga, which is all four 
six. Good lord. Six, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, although there's a, there's one coming out for, for seven as well. Okay. Nice. Um, but yeah, that it definitely was that. And, it, and then you could buy this, I think it was sort of two releases, one, two, and three and four, five, six, and they combined them as a complete saga. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, awkwardly, which I, I think if I recall correctly, you start in episode one and yes. you, after that you can jump to four, five, six, but you need enough like Lego coin Lego studs bits. to, they're called studs. Apparently. Okay. Um, speaking of which, I'm going to change the subject to say that, look what I have. It's a Lego man, I can't quite see. It's a Batman. Oh, but which Batman? Is it classic Batman? It is Adam West. Nice. Hence, oh, look, look at the breasts. There's no, good. There's no abs and there's breasts and there's the eyebrows. He has got man boobs and eyebrows. Yeah, it's great. Anyway. Excellent. Nice. Well, that's um, a good a good move into our final topic. But before we oh, move, bef- sorry, before the final topic, honorable mentions. Yeah, uh, I just wanted to say, a Star Wars Episode One Pod Racer was the first time I've ever used 3D glasses in the video game. Yeah, uh, my my buddy Mark in junior high uh, went to Hong Kong um, and came back with the Nvidia 3D shutter glasses. Mm-hmm. And we played that game, and I was amazed. Uh, one, the the racing was not terrible, mm-hmm. but especially because the pod racers had those weird floating engines. Yes. So seeing that like in front of you all of the time, and when you go over bumps, having them react differently in in 3D was mind blowing. Mm. I I I can't. I can't express that moment well enough because I don't have the um, writing prowess, but it was just so amazing. Resplendent. Mm, that is a good word, yeah. I was, I was going to say uh, that, 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 that Podracer probably was my honourable mention, and not because, not because it was... Some landmark <laughs> technological moment for you. Yeah, life. not because it was fantastic, not because it was a great game, just because it... it I got it at a time when I was hanging out with a few friends and we just had a lot of fun with it. Um, It was a fun racer. It also, for its time, like, they got away with so much because of the speed of the game. So, like, you could tell they put all the effort in the ship textures and rendering them as much as hardcore as possible and Mm. in the landscape being shit. (laughs) Because it didn't matter. You were whizzing by. They, they, like, this is good engine design because I remember seeing that game before it said glasses, and being like, yeah. wow, that's pretty. Um, nice. It was fun. I think it was more fun contextually that, like, I don't think someone just wanting to play a weird racing game would be like, oh, it's amazing. Completely, yeah, completely. Like, the, the, like the shortcuts in the game were very set-piece-like. Yep. Um, but it was fun. Definitely. Fully agree. So, yeah, it's my honorable mention. I'm glad it's yours, too. I'm glad um, we agree. So, before we move on, and we're going to uh, move on to talking about um, Star Wars games that we would like in the future, what we want, and, and we're each going to have a bash at what we want from a Star Wars game. Um, we got some feedback. Oh, yes. Yeah. Do you want to do that before? Somebody wrote in to us to oh, tell I us we'd about. I thought we end the episode with feedback. No, I thought I'd throw it in now. Uh, are you going to uh, have another beer, by the way? 
I've only no. This is uh, this is. I've only got two. I, 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 I earmarked three because you always have one more than me. I know, but um, I drank all my other beers last night. All right. Well, <laughs> well I couldn't while wait. You read the mail. I, I will say that I'm going to be pouring the North Brewing Company's Belgian IPA because I thought I would do our the random Edmonston beer and then two country IPAs: the American yep. IPA by Garrison and the North Brewing by uh, Belgian, of course, mm-hmm. both made in Halifax, Canada. It's yes. an unf- unfiltered um, IPA. They dry hopped it. So our dry hop Belgian IPA, Centennial and Chinook hops are complemented by the spice and citrus notes of our farmhouse yeast. An intense hop character with a delightful bitterness. Uh, North Brewing Company is a grassroots effort to develop a zero-emissions craft brewery Every bottle of North Beer represents a step in the right direction. They are the epitome of hippie Halifax beer. Yeah, I've, I've thought about this, and I would imagine that it's very, very difficult to have a zero emissions brewery. Well, yeah, which is why they say it's a grassroots effort yes, to develop a zero emissions brewery. Yeah, and it's, very, it's a very unsustainable um, well, process. Also, so in Canada, um, at least I don't actually know in this the east side, but in in the west, you can pay a premium on your kilowatt hours to ensure that you are getting it from wind versus coal burning or whatever. Yeah, right? you can do that. Um, you can do that here. But of course, it's all from the same grid. Yeah. So you're you're essentially paying for the grid getting blah. As long as they're honoring, I am getting paid for this much clean energy so I will at least generate this much clean energy. I'm happy. Yes. Yeah. There's no way to check There's that. There's no way to differentiate between the energy yeah. that you receive versus the um, energy that is created. So for that, it's it makes a lot of the chore easier. But with with like growing wheat and such, I don't <laughs> see... Like are yeah. you harvesting it by yeah. hand? What do you consider human... Movements as that's not carbon free. No, not Did at all. They drive the, to the, work. The food that you then intake to get the energy you need I, to I think be able neutral, to harvest. All, all things considered, is is impossible. In oh, completely. But it, if you're it, talking about raw resources versus, like, if you're talking about capital versus labor, yep, more attainable. But again, how are you harvesting said thing? Are you harvesting it with? Capital, which is like 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 a like a tractor, which is electric powered, charged by the sun and wind, created in factories that don't exist, that are somehow <laughs> magically carbon neutral. Like, but I could pick on that shit, but yeah. it, it, it all it does is um, move us away from the goal. Yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. need to there's, give there's, ammunition there's against always, these things. There's always a cost. But um, I really like the wording of it, offsetting right? that cost. Yeah. Like, like, they're honest. Grassroots effort to develop. Having said that, Coors Light could say, we, ha- we, are, we are undergoing a large effort to develop a zero-emissions craft brewery. It's just our effort sucks. So you could use such a phrase as a like, genuine description of, and admission of this is not something that can be done, but we're going to get as close as we can. I think our mathematicians might call that a limit. Um but um, you could also use it as a weasel word. Mm. Completely. Anyway, I'm going to pour the beer. 
And you're you pull the beer and I'll, and I'll read the mail. This email. So we got an email from uh, Colin. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. We're not going to obey standard podcast protocol of not giving the last name? Oh, is that standard podcast protocol? Oh, yeah. I think um, people go Colin, last name withheld, or just Colin. No, no, we've we've never had feedback before, so... Uh, but surely you listen to podcasts. Yeah, I do, but I ignore feedback normally. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> I'm okay with it. I just... And, I'm not. I'm not going to give his email out. So ignore what I said earlier. We've got an email from Colin. I don't know, right? Like, <laughs> I just. I think. I think the idea is, and this is totally going to go on the cutting room floor. This conversation, mm. but I think the idea is we don't want to discourage people from emailing us by not giving them some pseudo anonymity. Yeah, that's fair. So, that's although ninety yeah, percent of them probably don't care that we say their last name. Mm-hmm. Um, having said someone that, someone might. Yeah, someone. Yeah. Someone having said that, know. I think we should leave his last name in. <laughs> we will do now, Nick. definitely. Yeah. Uh, in fact, fuck it. I'm not gonna put this on the cutting room. This entire conversation is going. Having said that, it's because I've been drinking. We have fan mail from Colin Blank. We have fan mail from Colin Blank, and he says, "Hey guys, great podcast. I love the ale. All hail the ale, which I believe is a, a catchphrase of some British comedian." called The Pub Landlord, whose actual real name escapes me completely. Anyway, he says, I've just got a couple of questions for you. Have you tried any ales from the Hogsback Brewery? It's my local microbrewery and does really good ales. My, t- my particular favourite is their tea, traditional English ale. And it's always funny ordering it in pubs, asking for a pint of tea. Yes, Colin, I have had, uh, I I have had really? tea from Hogsback's Brewery because they sell it in Morrison's. Oh. Um, and I've had it several times. I actually quite enjoy it. It's a very nice beer. Excellent. I've, I, I've never seen it in a pub, however. So I've never well, had to order a pint of tea. We, however, I can see how common... Where in England is... Um, or is it in England? Uh, yeah, it is, in, it is in the UK. Now I've already uh, yeah, said his surname, said and you can search that. I'm not going to say where the fuck he's from. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, well, you can say it. If, if, he, if it's his local thing, anyone can find out. They probably could. If you search uh, for Hogs Back Brewery, you know where Colin is. Oh, hilarious. Uh, anyway. Um, um, thank, sorry, I Googled it. Yeah. And I got the Hogs Back Brewing Company mm. um, of Ottawa, Ontario, our, my nation's capital. Oh. Um, I haven't had that one either. I suspect <laughs> our fan isn't from Ottawa. And I say a fan. In a loose sense that he's listened to what we do. Oh, no, I know loose sense because I think he probably enjoys the company of a wide variety of people and has less inhibitions about it. Sorry, Colin. Well, that was just because the joke was there. Um, so his second question. Right. says, what's your most embarrassing moment whilst playing a game drunk? Recently, mine was whilst playing Halo 5 Warzone and accidentally sticking a plasma grenade to the arse of one of my teammates. Hmm. I can see why that would be quite embarrassing as you see their corpse disappear into the sky as it's exploded um i don't know that's a difficult one i think just i, I sorry, suppose to be clear my, that was him saying his thing that's that was yeah sorry that was his i think my most embarrassing drunken gaming moment is probably the pro evolution soccer <laughs> video that we put up because i played like a piece of shit Oh, that wasn't uh, and that both both Alex and I would for at least the first couple of minutes just uh ha, what 
Oh, surely that can't be your most embarrassing. Well, you know, when you when you're quite prolific at these games, normally you have a couple of beers and suddenly it all goes to shit. Tomes were written about my ability at pro (laughs) evolution soccer. Everybody knows of my skill. Um, I don't know, and that's not to say that I haven't, I haven't played video games drunk. Um. Uh, but I don't know. Um. Oh. Uh. No shit. Oh, I was gonna say a story about when I first played Twilight Princess on the Wii. Mm. when I moved in with my buddies Ian and Henry and this was when the last time I had a video game controller was the SNES yeah um although I did play mates on like Soul Calibur on the GameCube okay uh I attempted to ride the horse and look around in the very beginning parts of Twilight Princess. And I think after an hour, I gave up. Um, because, and partially because I was frustrated and not being able to do things, but also because my roommates, or housemates, whatever you want to call them, um, were laughing the shit at me because I can't... Like, I've mentioned before on the podcast, and Alex has corroborated that I'm crap at Call of Duty on the Xbox because I'm really bad with analog sticks. Turns out now I'm much better, thanks to being in midway through Act 5 of Quantum Break. Yeah. Where, thanks to Ross's advice, see episode blah, um, I turned off auto-aim, and it is harder. Um, it's not harder to hit a guy. It's much harder to do headshots, which is hilarious because it drags your cursor down, but it turns out that centering helped me a lot more than I noticed, so I would just flick okay. it up and shoot. Yeah, yeah. Again, totally didn't notice. Wasn't planning around it, but clearly I was developing a muscle memory around that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I could not navigate, look. I, it was like, like, I remember this because... The laughter scarred the memory in, and they not even laughter actually it was just the the feeling of total inability. <laughs> yes, scarred yeah. my memory. Like I could not do the simplest things. Which, if I had a mouse and keyboard, I wouldn't. I could do it sleeping. Like yes, it was yeah. the the fall from grace at video games was so strong. I had not had a beer, but there may have been green things. That's fair, that's fair. And by that I mean, I have psychosis, and I saw little green men running around. (laughs) I was going to say, I've always found that that green things have assisted in games like Call of Duty, and uh, that's... The green things probably were helping, just not enough. Yeah, slows Um, everything down very slightly that you can see exactly what's going on. I don't think people can appreciate how terrible it was. (laughs) No, they probably can't. What we need is a recreation video of you doing that. Uh, I missed the horse. Multiple times. <laughs> nice, right. Thank you very much for your email, Colin. Yes. Uh, if anyone else has any feedback, email us uh, tankedupcast at gmail.com. Ooh, we're going to ask Colin. Uh, ideally, he's going to reply to us because we'll probably forget. But ask him he if might you, do. Colin, if you're out there, which you should be because you emailed us, so presumably you're listening, let us know if you have a Steam account um, and I will send you a game. Oh! In honor of being our first respondent, this is not setting a precedent, folks. Or is <laughs> yeah. it? 
it's not. Um, <laughs> it might be. But I will. I, I have a handful of games that uh, have just uh, game codes, um, and uh, I will look at what you have, and I will find something that I think is good and send it to you. Uh, because nice. Fra- you are a first piece of mail, and I think it should be rewarded. Agreed. Also, you're male. Yes. Because I hate females. I've been drinking. What? I have no problem with females. I just made the connection between male and male. I might <laughs> cut this out because it makes me look bad. <laughs> Definitely do that. Definitely. <laughs> that Definitely might be the outro. Anyway. Right. So, uh, we're going to very briefly talk about what... We're going to move back into Star Wars games. Move uh, back into I didn't Star- actually talk about the taste of the spear. It's really good. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to very briefly talk about the Star Wars games that we want to see. What we want in the future from a Star Wars game. I'm going to let you kick off, as I kicked off with our top three. Uh, I see what you're doing there. I will um, now allow you to kick off with so, the, the, the Star Wars game you want to see. We'll, we'll make it brief. I would like to see Battlefront 2, mm-hmm. a modern Battlefront game with a campaign which has a... It doesn't need the fancy... Um, choices and like good badness of both the force unleashed series and um kotor yeah um but it does need sort of a strong narrative in the single player campaign Mm -hmm. yeah i think that um given how much of given people people love star wars because of the universe yes and sort of the depth of the universe and i think they, um, was it Dice? Did Dice make Battlefront? Yeah, yeah, because they made Battle Hardline Field. Uh, Battlefield, yep. Yeah, um, I think that which is hilarious because Battlefield Hardline was too much plot. People said they had put too much effort into the single player. It's like yeah. a pendulum. Anyway, I'd like to see, um, a cohesive story. It doesn't have to be super in depth. In fact, I'd like it to be. More like Dark Forces than the sequels, where Kyle Katarn was the protagonist, but he was just a dude, and he didn't become the chosen one or a guy with all the magic powers. Obviously, given that as Star Wars, people might revolt against the idea of not having Jedi powers, which mm-hmm. was the downfall of galaxies, because it turns out the people who weren't obsessive eight-year-olds really liked that you couldn't be a Jedi, because yeah, the rest completely. of the game was done so well, apparently. Yep. And then as soon as they introduced Jedis, all the other changes fucked everything up. Mm-hmm. I say this because my undergraduate honors thesis supervisor w- was big into galaxies and had a lot to say. She also goes to BlizzCon every other year. Nice. She used nice. to go every year, but then, you know, she bred. Well, what are you going to do? Galaxies was... Uh, uh, I really I enjoyed Galaxies. It. I really enjoyed Galaxies. Um, um, so, so uh, I was taking... I'm sort of going to set a stage and say I want a a game that has a strong multiplayer edge, but also a single-player campaign. Um, I have more to say about it, but I feel like I should turn the tables to you. You can describe more of yours. If they marry, we can continue improving on the game. Otherwise, I'll improve on mine. You improve on yours. So I want... uh, I'm not so fussed about the multiplayer experience. And I want a a single-player... Yes, it'd be, it would be. I imagine it would be cross-platform. Um, I'd like to play the game with you on my PC. You on your PC, yeah, yeah. 
Um, so I would, I, I want a, a single player experience, but I want one that, as you'd alluded to, or, or it, that delves into the, um, we can't call it expanded universe anymore, but, but delves more into the universe of Star Wars, that you're not, again, the chosen one. You are, uh, you know, the Force Unleashed was fantastic in that it gave you sort of free reign in having all of these powers and that you were uber powerful and could use all of this stuff. I want something where you're almost an everyman and you live within the Star Wars universe and all of these big events are happening all around you and you have to almost adapt to them. And and it's your story whilst these big events are happening. Um, And I sort of almost feel that that's what the... Um, the cancelled Star Wars game um, was it thirteen thirteen? Um, it was going to be. Um, it, it's a game that was it was cancelled, or, or there was chatter about it a few years ago, and it was almost cancelled very soon after we'd heard sort of rumours about it. Um, but it was going to be a third person sort of cover-based shooter, almost. But it was going to follow uh, um, a, a, a character, a, a, a guy who um, was just hanging out around Coruscant um, oh, awesome. and moving his way through the levels of, of Coruscant for, for some various you know story reason. Um, but I, I want something that, that gives you a very well-developed and well-written character, but that is almost, as I say, an everyman who experiences these big events in the Star Wars universe um, not from a first-hand perspective from, uh, so that these big events actually trickle down and affect what you're doing or the situation that you find yourself in uh, within the game and I'm not so fussed about decision-making trees because yeah, I don't think I. they work very well in gaming um, I, I'd much rather people focused on, uh, on the story um, yeah, and having well, a good and having a good mechanic to 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 push so you through. I, I, I'm going to jump on that and say, um, on Star Wars: The Old Republic, if you haven't played the Imperial Agent storyline, mm. you should at least circa whenever it came out that first year. Um, so the first act, because I know there's been a couple expansions. I have no idea how those go, but it was it was, I played a couple few characters through to almost the end of their their storylines yeah and that was by far the best one Mm -hmm. um and i think it's because you're you're an agent trying to do things on the sly so you're going to random places and you're doing things that impact but not directly and that's what your description reminded me of yeah um again though like you're still very integral to the moments in that but Mm -hmm. uh I like the idea of just living through things. I think practically, I wouldn't mind someone uh, a story about an everyman who the only fatalistic part of his life is he keep, he happens to keep moving to the wrong place at the wrong time. So you can just because so much of Star Wars is, is central to these these pivotal moments, yes, to be able to witness them firsthand or most of them firsthand, and some of them might trickle down. I think would mm-hmm. work better. Uh, just thinking. I'm thinking from a marketing perspective rather than... Uh, yeah, although I do yeah. like the idea of like being in the Outer Rim and suddenly your life has changed entirely because some battle, you know, light years away or hyperspace miles or whatever they call them. Oh, yeah, parsecs. 
no, parsecs. no, parsecs aren't measures of distance. Uh, but, um, yeah, so I like that idea. I think, um, I, I definitely like the idea of the everyman who stays the everyman. Yeah. I'm okay with him happening to bumble upon more key situations than the average person has. Mm. Just because, in the end, it's still a sort of action science fantasy universe. So yes. That's just what happens. Um, but I don't want said person to suddenly have all the metaclarians in the world because they got infected Completely. by a blah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it will it will be interesting to see because I know that uh, Visceral are um, currently developing a Star Wars game, and Amy Hennig, who um, wrote uh, the the first two or the, or maybe even the first three Uncharted games, oh, um, has moved over to those guys and is working on a Star Wars game. So it'd be very interesting to see if that oh, is a I bit more of a set piece based third person esque so Star was... Wars game about an everyman. I mean. It, Maybe, might not be. Uh, that was but. my next question. What type of game would you see your this ideal game being? And it can uh, genre expand, but like like the core. Diff- difficult, I suppose. If it's going to be a, it's very. I think it's quite difficult to do a first person experience with a really good storyline where you see a lot of things going on in the environment around you. Um, you know, it, it, it's much easier to do that in a third-person setting. Um, yeah, you get to see how the character sort of re- reacts yeah. to different things, and 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 you have a bit more peripheral vision with a third-person game. Uh, you might be able to see stuff going on in the background. Right. So I think it'd probably be more of a third-person-based game. So um, I, I'm going to stop you there and ask: Do you think that it would be better immersion-wise if it was a very generic character because again they don't have to have any specific traits but first person so people could inject themselves into that in a way that they can't in a third person game um, or do you think no. it would be like a character design yeah i think i would, sort I would of approach i would definitely prefer a fleshed out character rather than a create your own and for for all our listeners fleshed out he means busty broad <laughs> <laughs> yeah if they want to make that game, that's fine. As long as the character is well written, and the story is well written and developed, that's that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think I'm on the same page as you. Um, I think first person gives you a sense of identity in certain respects, but um, it, yeah, I think in something like a Star Wars universe where you're trying to portray genericism in a world of archetypes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think it would work better if you got to choose sort okay. of along the lines what your your loose archetype would be because again it won't be that strong because it needs to spread across different types yeah. i like that um yeah. i will say that i think there needs to be um it need, there needs to be space combat okay vehicle combat or whatever and i think rogue squadron bracket 3D bracket depending on your uh, platform of choice I think that sort of arcadiness um, mm-hmm. needs to be there uh, I say that because Star Wars takes place amongst the stars completely and I and think w- even if you're just piloting a fucking garbage scow and avoiding uh, Imperial blockade you need to feel like you have control over a ship like you're piloting the thing and if you're not a pilot 
I actually think that one thing that um, games don't do well enough is like, I am not a pilot character. I need to fly this thing. I suck balls at it. It steers like a cat. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I that think would, that would work well in your sort of more multiplayer experience as well. Mm, yeah, I feel. But yeah, so I think um, something along the lines of so Shadows of the Empire had the right sort of idea of being able to be on multiple layers of a game, like mm-hmm. vehicle, you know, whatever. Um, but I, I, I super like your idea of, uh, this idea of the, the idea of a, a guy yeah. or a gal, just a, a generic person just trying to be mm. while the, while Star Wars happens. Yes. And sometimes they're in the thick of it and sometimes they just sort of re- have deal. the reactions of the thick of it. Yeah. Deal, just deal with repercussions uh, of but, the situation. But I do think that you need sort of the... Actually, I think you need something more in depth on the discussion subterfuge level because that's a big part of Star Wars, uh, as well as the person combat, as well as the uh, space combat. Yeah, yeah. and and it could be running away in all three because you're just a dude. But I think that that's sort of the missing thing in Battlefront. You don't have plot, and you don't yep. have a plot like a single player campaign like in Call of Duty where you can import ideas and not worry about it yeah um but yeah so i think rogue squadron plus shadows of the empire plus current battlefront times battlefront 2 times mm, i was gonna say kotor but i don't want the decision crap times <laughs> mysteries of the sith with a little bit of kotor with a little bit of kotor plus kotor yes yes good it seems like the perfect formula for a star wars game we shall send it over to EA post-haste. Oh, I'm also going to send it to Disney. No, that's a good idea. It's a good because idea. Because I'm sure they make all the decisions. Don't put all our eggs in, in one basket, definitely. No. So, we shall finish for a week. This has been our Star Wars special. And may uh, the 4th be with you. Very good. If you've got a favourite Star Wars game, let us know. Give us some feedback. Uh, you can email us tanktupcast at gmail.com you can get us on twitter tanktup underscore cast hey, what if i don't want to t- talk to just uh to all three of us or all two of us what if i just want to say something to ben if you just want to to talk to me you can tweet me at nova underscore 47 you can go on there and look at the various screenshots of games that i uh that i post up which is pretty much the only thing i use my twitter for oh i should totally do that because i have all the bugs from quantum break like that time where <laughs> definitely do that. <laughs> that time where all the half of a level disappeared, but I so I had to kill like thirteen guards who were walking on walkways I couldn't see, but sometimes bumped into the pillars for. Nice, great. Um, yeah, you can reach me at at the Omniarch. Um, you can reach us at as you said tanked up underscore cast or yep. tanked up dot cast at gmail dot com. Yep. and of course. We are part of the Out of Lives Network, and you can reach all of the Out of Lives podcasts at outoflives.net, which has been revamped as it of has. a couple, as of yesterday. And it looks really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also find us and our uh, gaming shenanigans at youtube.com slash tanked up cast. Tanked up cast. And I tanked believe it's the same on Facebook that, as well. Hmm? I believe it's also the same on Facebook as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Come to anyway. Whatever your medium, we're about. Say hi to us. Tell us what you like. Um, 
And if you miss Alex, let us know, and we can convey that along to him. We definitely will. He will be back at some point. Um, I will finish the episode by saying he made a very good brown beer. Oh, did he? That's, that's where he's been. He's been hiding away in a tiny cave, brewing beer. Um, and he, he gave me a bottle the other day. Very, very nice, very sweet, a little more hoppy than a so traditional it's a, it's brown a, beer. So it's a brown, so is it a little nutty? Uh, it was very slightly, yeah, a little bit, a little, a little, a little sweet. Um, we'll finish the episode by selling our favourite beers. Oh right, um, you want me to go first? Yeah, go first. Uh, I think it'll be my last beer: the 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 Belgian IPA versus the American IPA versus the Blondale. Um, I think we managed to, through drunkenness and Star Wars talk, skip over my actual taste impressions. Yeah, I think, I think so. it's very drinkable. It's finishes sh- very short, which normally I'm mm, not necessarily enthused about. But the the taste itself is much stronger and much much more appealing than the Garrison. Mm-hmm. So the Garrison lingers and is a very good beer. Uh, but I think I'm going to go for the North Brewing Company Belgian IPA for general taste and like if I walked into a pub and, and they said, which one of these two do you want? I would probably, I would lean towards the north. Nice. Um, I'm going to go with my second beer, um, which was the Cloudwater Double IPA. Which was very uh, similar to the Hot Ocean Boy, Fr- right? The yes, Boy? which is very similar to your second beer. Um, the more Return of the Empire was a nice beer, a slight hint of citrus, uh, a, a, a little hoppy, but the, the Double IPA, the flavor and the depth of flavor as well was absolutely phenomenal like you've you got this very sweet pineapple kind of flavor a little sort of melody and then and then you moved on to a little more of a sour sort of grapefruity kind of taste and that and it only had a very slight bitterness to it but a, a, a taste that just lingered and lasted for a for a long while and in a, a very enjoyable taste so i'm definitely going with the cloud water double ipa awesome Nice. So we've been tanked up for another week. Thanks for listening. Uh, May the 4th be with you, he says again, because he said it early, because he's premature. Don't read too much into that. May the 4th be with you. May the 4th be with you. What are we talking about? Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just disappeared from my mind completely. What was that noise? I don't know. Just a throat noise.
Is that any better? Yes. Woo, success. And I can see little funny audio lines. Hurrah. Sorry about that.